In this edition of the podcast, Emerging from Darkness at the Hamilton Gallery explores the radical transformation in Italian art that took place around the beginning of the 17th century. The exhibition focuses on how major Italian Baroque artists treated the human body in a new way as they rejected exaggerated, over-idealised representation, implementing instead a degree of naturalism based on direct observation. I'm Tim Stackpole, and this is Inside the Gallery. Thanks for taking a listen to the podcast once again as we acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land upon which this podcast is produced and downloaded, and we pay our respects to their elders. And don't forget there is a transcript of this conversation in the description of this episode at www.insidethegallery.com.au, made possible by the contribution from the Australian Arts Channel, which is available to view for free at www.australianartschannel.com.au. In Baroque Europe, religious dominance had the power to direct and inform the content and climate of society's artistic output. At the time, a backlash against the conservative Protestant Reformation was compelled by the Catholic Church to re-establish its importance and grandeur within society. Artists followed suit by reviving ideals of beauty, infusing into the era's artwork, music and architecture, new exuberant extravagance and fashion for the ornate. This highly embellished style became marked by its innovative techniques and details, delivering a lush new visual language into what had been a relatively toned down period for art. The Hamilton Gallery's exhibition entitled Emerging from Darkness brings together over 60 Baroque works from public and private collections in Australia, underpinned by an unprecedented loan of more than 40 major works from the National Gallery of Victoria's internationally recognised collection. It also features the dramatic stories of three female artists, Artemisia Gentileschi, Lavinia Fontana and Sofonispa Anguissola, who themselves reinterpret experiences of violence and turmoil, yet at the same time represented voices of empowerment. Their works are showcased alongside major paintings by Rubens, Bologna, Guicino and Manfredi, among others. Many visitors to the gallery have already experienced works that changed the course of art in the 17th century. The content of the exhibition is powerful, unapologetic and undeniably memorable. Emerging from Darkness is one of the most ambitious exhibitions ever held in regional Australia and provides visitors with fresh perspectives on this influential period of art history. So huge is this show, four eminent individuals comprise the curatorial team. Dr Lisa Bevan from La Trobe University, Dr David Marshall from the University of Melbourne, Ian Brilly, Collections Coordinator at Hamilton Gallery, and joining us right now on the phone is the fourth member of the team, Laurie Benson, Curator of International Art at the National Gallery of Victoria. Laurie, great to have you on Inside the Gallery. Thanks for having me. Now, it seems as though featuring those female artists I mentioned in the introduction of this period is pretty special. How does their work stack up or or differ against, say, for instance, the Rubens and the Manfredis you've got there? Yeah, that's a really great question because it's one that um, automatically springs to mind. Uh, But the simple answer is... 
uh, they stack up like extraordinarily well because uh, it was so it was yeah you know, it was practically impossible for a, a woman to be a practicing artist mm. uh, in this period. In fact, Lavinia Fontana is considered the very first you know, professional female artist because there were just so many social and legal and, and taste blockages to stop women from becoming practicing artists. Mm. So when 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 you do have a, a female artist in this period who who you know has forged a career, she's actually got to be better than all the men that she's paint that that, that she's sure. painting. It's a it's a tough commercial world. Mm. It's a very uh, you know Baroque is a is a period where you know there are a lot of artists with you know thousands of artists. So to actually rise through those ranks and be uh, end up being above those ranks you have to be really really good uh you have to actually be better than the men uh it's 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 not even a glass ceiling it's it was a mm. concrete ceiling that was impossible to smash through now someone like lavinia fontana in her mid-50s she was brought to rome to be almost like the court painter at the vatican now that's a that's a role that i think you know in rome is is the hotbed it's paris of this period or you know, it's of new york uh in in the 60s and paris in the 19th century you know it's it's the mecca for all for all european artists now to, for her to get that role she would have beaten out uh, you know maybe five six hundred practicing mm. artists in rome mm. so she had to be bloody good yeah. um and and she is you know, and she she's a fantastic painter so it's quite incredible that women artists in that movement actually existed in the first place well it, it is and and with with only a couple of exceptions most of the female painters were the daughters of professional and, and well-respected artists. Mm. So that was sort of how they broke through that barrier. And so, so when you do get these, these handful of, these handful of women artists, yeah, they're, they're very well-trained uh, mm. by their fathers. Some of them are like, again, Lavinia Fontana was working in her father's studio as a studio assistant yeah. before she, uh, you know, forged her own career when, when her father was towards the end of his career and eventually passed away. But she had to, again, be very, very good at what she did. Uh, and there's only a handful. We're not talking a lot of women. But having said that, uh, I think with the research that's going on now, I think a few more female artists will will mm. emerge. And they're certainly emerging in the 18th century, more uh, appearing in the 19th century. So I think as the focus on as scholarship focuses on female painters, more and more are going to come to light. And I think what the fascinating what the fascinating thing at the moment is that there's a lot of paintings being that are you know, considered by unknown artists. Now that people are getting a better handle on on the style of women, certain women painters, more of their work is coming to light, and we're getting a much stronger idea on an artist's entire earth. So, so scholarship is really at, you know internationally is focusing on on these women artists. So a lot more is going to be learnt. There'll be a lot more coming out of archives. But I think more excitingly, there'll be more paintings emerging uh, because there's this terrible, you know, it was a terrible, terribly misogynist uh, approach in art history up until, yeah, up until the last ten to fifteen years. There was this horrendous concept that if there was a really good painting, it couldn't possibly be by a woman. I mean, it was that's how bad it was, and we're only talking in the last, you know, last few couple of decades where that that attitude is completely reversing. Were these women artists included in the exhibition? Were they chosen because you particularly wanted them included, or was it because theirs was the only works that were available? 
Uh, well, you, you, you've, you've, you've probably got, you're probably right in both cases. Uh, the, the three paintings by the women in, in the show, they're the only three in Australia, and two of them are mm. in private collections. Uh, the NGV has the only Lavinia Fontana painting. There's a terrific portrait in New Zealand uh, by Lavinia Fontana. She's mainly a portrait painter, and there's a fantastic portrait in New Zealand. But, you know, they're very, very, very hard to come by. And, it, it, you know, look, I guess, it's a, I guess it's a good thing, but the market has completely, the art market's completely responded. Yeah. And works by really good women, women artists, particularly Artemisia Gentileschi, are now, you know, and she's always been pricey, but now they're through the roof. So it's actually going to become a lot harder for us Ironically, even though us at the NGV, we want to acquire, in fact, we are acquiring works by women artists as an absolute priority to redress the gender imbalance in the collection, the historical gender imbalance. Um, it's getting tougher and tougher for us to buy a really good painting by some of these women artists. Mm, yeah, and just by the very nature, of course, they're rare and, and again, just more expensive for that reason. Yeah, and look, that's yeah, that's a, that's a redress in the market. That's the market responding because every gallery, you know, every gallery in the world now wants mm. to redress the, mm. their own gender imbalances. Now, you know, our director has uh, has a, a fantastic ambition. He wants at least one one painting by a woman art, in artist in every single room in the NGV. That's a really that's a that's a really bold and uh, really terrific ambition, and we're we're getting there. We are, we are absolutely getting it. In fact, there's some galleries where that especially in the 18th century, galleries where we have works uh, more works by women than men. These women are not slouches. I mean, these are fantastic works of art. They're great paintings and they stack up easily against anything else in the room. So there's no no real issue there. And I think that's one of the revelations in the show. There's when discussing it with my co-curators, I said, Well are you really gonna hang a Sophonisbra Anguissola portrait next to the self-portrait by Rubens now from Canberra. Now that's one of not just a great self-portrait, it's one of the great yeah. paintings in the in, in the country. That Rubens self-portrait is an absolute knockout. And I'm going, geez, you're gonna you're gonna stick Sophonisbra next to Rubens. That's a that's asking for trouble because he is one of the great painters in in the history of art. But wow, when you sit and look at those two paintings next to one another. Sophonisbo almost blows him off the wall. It's extra. It's a, It's just a really. It's an extraordinary moment. Now, you know, I only judged that I can. I hadn't. I'd never seen the painting. It's in a private collection. I'd only seen photographs, and I'm thinking, oh boy, um, you know, this could be. This could be. This is a. This is a little bit risky, but. And this is the great. This is why you go to see art exhibitions rather than just look at pictures on on screen because. Mm. And when you see it, when you see that there's a, a, a tension and there is a, a capturing of personality in that portrait of a prelate who we don't know who he is, but the way she has captured personality and character, it, it, it really bounces off the wall. And it, as I said, it almost, it almost blows, the, uh, blows the Rubens out of the water. It's, it's, a, it's a great moment in the show. So in that respect then, Laurie, is there, do you see a visual difference between what the ladies were turning out to the men or were the ladies trying to concentrate on reproducing what was being produced by the guys at the time? Or can you actually look at these Baroque paintings and say, 
I think that was a female artist. I, that's a tough call. I, mm. I don't think that can necessarily... Uh, I mean, look, that might come to fruition later when all the women painters' oeuvres have sifted out and Lavinia Fontana's oeuvre goes from mm. 50 to three or 400 works. You maybe you might spot a... Uh, something in there but I think it's probably more I don't know if it's an attitude or an approach but certainly a style maybe with Artemisia Gentileschi because she did focus on um, she did a a strong focus on female nudes there may be something there in the female gaze but I you know I'm I'm a little 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 hesitant to say that at the moment I mean maybe in 20 years time you can Um, maybe some people are saying that now but I think it's pretty tough I think it's hard to say oh that's by a man that's by a woman I think that's a tough call oftentimes I see that women just basically have an innate different perspective to men, which, and there's obvious reasons why. Yep. I was just wondering whether there were social pressures back in that time which were acceptable and fitted the norm, fitted the standard, if you like. Yeah, look, that, that's that's probably true. I mean, one of the one of the what is emerging in in the study is a lot of like uh, a lot of the female painters like Lavinia Fontana. Uh, paint. She was mainly a portrait painter. Now, I'd say about eighty percent of her portraits are women. And they're they're fantastic portraits. They're extraordinary. Mm. But what is really I, th- I think, and this is something that I think comes out in another a later much later painter who's obviously not in the show because he's eighteenth century. But uh, Elizabeth Vigée Lebrun, who's a French a French court painter, there's something about hers and Lavinia's portraits of women. There is a certain almost a degree of relaxation and trust right. which you can see in the paintings particularly in Virgil Lebrun you can see there's a there's just a there's just some uh, uh, there is a different different gaze in a portrait of a woman when it's painted by Lavinia because there's just something you can stack put to a portrait of the same person next to one another a female by uh, Virgil Lebrun and and another like Peter Lely or someone or mm-hmm. not Peter Lely but another um, another artist and there is a little bit more character or, or there's an expression, a relaxed expression in the sitter. Now, whether that's because there's greater trust between two women, that's, that is, that is, that is not just me saying that, that is something that a lot of scholars are, are, um, are, are, are publishing and saying. Now, I think with Lavinia Fontana, as again, more and more of her works are coming out of the woodwork, to so to speak, because there's, there'd be lots of paintings by her that are unattributed. Uh, she doesn't always sign every painting. Uh, and so I think a lot of these will emerge. And, and I think these, these ideas um, you know, can, can, can hold water. Mm, I'll keep an eye on those auctions, Laurie, coming up. But just putting, <laughs> Good luck. Putting, putting the women aside for a sec, the yep. Baroque period is described as like the most emotive in art history. Do you think that's right? I kind of, th- I kind of agree with that. Uh, I think because because what what happened in the Baroque period was look at the transition from Mannerism to Baroque. Now, Mannerism was all about exaggerated forms and elongated bodies, and they were really pushing for elegance over reality. Well, when the Baroque emerged and there was this massive push towards naturalism and that came from uh that came just as much from the patrons as the artists they, the, the catholic church were mm-hmm. demanding uh greater naturalism so they could because uh, you know this art is about communication as all art is it's all about communication and the church were feeling that the mannerist works weren't weren't uh were alienating the their audience because just because the way the bodies were the body was presented in such an over-the-top unnatural form that the the punters couldn't really relate to them so 
when you have this switch to naturalism, now we, in some ways for artists, I guess it, it's it's almost easier. I, I, I'm, this is a, a tough tough thing to say, but it's possibly easier for them to paint a naturalistic form. So that means when they're going to get creative, they've got to go in another direction and they've got to do something possibly more dramatic compared with the previous artist. So that's why you get these, you know, that's why you get this extraordinary contrast of darkness and light, which is what the show is, is titled, because the artists have to push... They have to push their creativity in another direction and it is more about composition and it's more about the use of light and the use of colour, uh, which which is what's the radical shift in, in Baroque art and, and the push towards naturalism. So people can relate to them, but they're very dramatic. You know, they go over the top with the drama and I think that's what makes it, makes it really uh, you know, an exciting period to look at. Yeah, they are terribly striking pictures. You see the soul sometimes of yep. the of the subject of the painting they really yep. reach out i think and and touch the person who's you know visiting the exhibition and yep. sometimes you get gasps you go oh you know i'm really feeling this i look i, I spend 90 percent of my time in galleries not looking at pictures but looking mm. at how people react and yes. uh um all through the way you know, I, I spent most of the opening weekend in hamilton and uh boy i was just watching people you know they were gasping and they were running back and forth between pictures it was just fantastic to watch that kind of level of engagement back to the actual movement itself it really did influence art worldwide eventually in its own way oh absolutely yeah, it is actually i think the first global art movement it's it's a it's a period in europe in particular of relative peace uh, and that meant that when there's you know when there's a, a war going on or a battle you can't go from italy to france you know, or, or you know for or to england or whatever england are fighting france you can't you know you can't go between france and england so uh, this is a period of, of of relative peace in europe and that meant the artists got more mobile so someone like orazio gentileschi who's at the his father he traveled all over europe he worked in in spain he worked in france he worked in, and ended up working in england and where and he took the start the, the the naturalism the baroque naturalism with him and then he inspired artists who, wherever wherever he went and they you know because he was in demand as an artist he was well known uh collecting was exploding at the time uh you know and my favorite my, one of my favorite anecdotes is is rembrandt the great dutch artist who is a quintessential baroque painter mm. never left uh never left holland he didn't go to italy he didn't see caravaggio's like he didn't go to milan or he didn't go to go to rome or he didn't go to naples or or, or malta and yet he is a quintessential baroque artist because because collectors were were buying buying paintings but that but rembrandt himself was collecting paintings and buying prints and drawings so he had access to this material and it's only because of mobility through throughout europe and it, it became a very you know it was a world it was a global phenomenon because eventually it did and that's another fascinating aspect of the show is there's a section on the spread of baroque art through through asia and as people travelled, as uh, particularly the, the, the uh, Jesuit ministers were going to Europe, going to Asia, proselytising, well, they brought art with them, and that, and then, so that, that sort of inspired and 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 affected the art of those countries. So yeah, it's the first. I think it's the first true global global art movement. It's big. It's big, and so is your exhibition. I was just wondering if you could kind of talk us through 
what we can see? Yeah, sure. There's about 70 objects in the in the show. Uh, it's a it's a complete mix of all media. So there's decorative arts, there's tapestry, there's a lot of paintings, a lot of drawings, a lot of prints, uh, but ma- mainly paintings. But there's also furniture. So it really is a um, you know it's it's a really broad show because we are trying to capture the the, the sort of public nature mm. of of baroque mm. uh, by trying to make it you know oh, it, it impacts furniture design it impacts architectural design obviously we can't reproduce a baroque building but we've got baroque plan- plans for baroque gardens right. for instance right. so uh it, it 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 really is a really broad show and it's broken up into into a number of themes that we just you know tease out the ideas that that that, that were happening in 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 italy and and the rest of europe at the time did you get to present everything you'd hoped to Oh look! You could, there's you know nothing exceeds like excess, <laughs> but yeah, I think we I think we pretty much uh, I think there are just so many good themes explored in the show. I, I think we pretty much, you know, yeah, yeah, and I, I think I think we did, and you know you could have doubled the size of the exhibition, and but uh, I think I think it's just the right. It sounds weird, but I think it's just exactly the right size. Uh, it's not too yeah. big. You know, some themes are only illustrated by two or three objects, but that's enough. And so you can you know, and some are explored by more. And I'm not going to give the, give it away because I really want visitors to go there, but we absolutely finish with a bang. Great. Now, you talked up Fontana's work. Yep. Do you have a favourite in the gallery? Uh, look, well, it's... It's a tough question. I'm sorry, Laurie. It is. No, no. It's a, no, it's a question. Like, it's a question I get asked all the time. Mm. And, you know, and I've got this really weird glib answer, which is actually true. I mean, my favourite... My favourite art object is the one that I'm working on at the moment because that's the one I'm interested in looking in. But... Uh, but in our in that show, look, my, probably my favourite is the Ribera, um, St, uh, Martyrdom of Saint Lawrence. Right. I think that's my, that is, um, that that to me is is just such a such a um, like it's, it's a perfect Baroque painting, mm. and it's really it's Ribera at his, it's it's Ribera, it's his, it could actually be his first real masterpiece. So it's almost like his calling card. He's a Spanish artist who went to, who worked his entire career practically in uh, in in Italy. Mm. And uh, it's almost like his calling card. It's his first major major commission. It's his first major piece, and he's really wrapping up about four different four different Baroque styles all in the one painting. Mm. It's um, he he sort of got, he's sort of do, doing all the major artists, you know, the qualities of all the major artists who he's now competing against. He repeats them in the painting in this one painting. So there's a bit of Caravaggio. There's a bit of Nibale Caracci, there's a bit of uh, Gerrit von Honthorst, um, and then there's this amazing moment where there's about five, four or five hands in about a, a two-foot square piece. Now, hands are the hardest thing to paint. Uh, back, that's the that's the you know, that's the kind of traditional idea. Well, here is a, a, a real show-off doing about five hands in one one spot. In it's um, and it's a very emotional work, and it's just a, it's full of yeah, it's just it's just a quintessential Baroque yeah. painting, and by a Spanish artist, so you get that international flavour too with it with with baroque yeah it's the greatest hits of baroque on a single canvas yes it is it really is and mm. uh you know i just it's just one of my favorite paintings i mean luckily it's at the ngv so i get to look at it a lot so Terrific. Um, you know i'm a happy i'm a very lucky person yeah and in a way it also sums up that influence as you mentioned earlier that the church had on art i mean it was yep. significant Oh, they were the major patrons. The private patronage was emerging, 
particularly in portraiture, but but you know the, the, the Catholic Church in in Italy were still the major patron of the arts, and they as as patrons had a, a really big influence on on what was painted, certainly subject matter, and you know, and, and sometimes they rejected artists, you know, they, sometimes they said no, go back and do it again, you know. <laughs> so they they're terrible. They have very very influence. Yeah, you know, they do have a lot of impact. Mm, and beyond governments as well, they had the wealth. Yeah, well, they were the, they, they were they were the wealth, and they they, they had enormous wealth and. Mm. And, and and Baroque's a great a period of great of, of it's a real great period of great building mm-hmm. of of construction of churches particularly and when you've got when you're building big churches you build big altars and they need big altar pieces so mm-hmm. that's again why it's a really exciting moment because there's there are patronages as at its absolute peak there is this you know enormous building schemes not just of just just churches but palaces are being built mm-hmm. all over Europe and so. You know, you've got to decorate your palaces. Mm. So it's a, it is a it is just you know it is such a, an amazing moment uh, of an explosion of, of of art during the Baroque period. It's 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 um it's it's you know there's always a surprise when you when you dig into this stuff because there's so much of it. Coming back home to Australia and regional Australia, why choose the Hamilton Gallery for this show? Uh, well, well, Hamilton chose us. You know, that they 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 approached the 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 NGV and I think even the the the, you know, the curators with the idea for the show, uh, and that that's. To me, that's really important um, because, uh, and, and I, I know the Hamilton area quite well. I think that's the right audience for this kind of show. The, the, the Hamilton Gallery probably has the strongest collection of European art in all of regional Victoria, uh-huh. uh, and so their audience has has this kind of art. They're used to it. They're, it's on their radar. That they they understand it. So it is the right audience uh, for us to do. What we, I don't think we could do this show in any other gallery in Victoria. This uh, a focus on on a, a, on you know just a, a narrow period, fifty odd years of old master paintings. Mm. I don't think we could stage it in any other gallery because the audience you know understanding of it beforehand. And I think they're judging from what I've seen when I've been to the gallery, they you know the audience are absolutely excited by having these absolute masterpieces. And we the NGV we've lent about forty uh, odd things to the show, and they are our prime pieces these are not we we haven't you know scraped stuff out of the basement this these are our these these paintings are on our walls permanently uh, but they're off the walls at the moment because of the triennial that's on at the minute just taken over most of the ngv so that enabled us to lend what is our absolute absolute best works there's no we didn't pull a we didn't pull a single punch it, it is it, it, it we didn't knock back anything had, had it been on stage in the trial hadn't it been on we might have lent four or five things tops but we lent everything yeah we lent we lent Benini, we lent marty Preti, we lent um Ranieri, we lent ribera um you know these are things we that are never or, and we lent a gentileschi we lent lavinia fontana these are paintings that have never been off the walls uh, except for on loan they're never off the walls of the NGV. Yeah, very unique exhibition. But given the unique location as well, as you mentioned, it's unlikely that this will tour. I'm guessing. Oh no, it won't. No, it can't. As soon as the uh, as soon as the triennial's over, we want those pictures <laughs> back. So uh, no, okay. it, it it won't be touring anywhere. No, it just it just can't. You have to get to Hamilton to take a look at it. Yeah, you do, and, and look, that's that. I think is, is is great for for us as well because yeah, we want to share our 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 best works with the regional galleries. So the the whole institution was was really over the moon mm. when this proposal hit our desks. 
it was it was we were absolutely um, over the moon about it. Alongside the exhibition, there's always a catalogue. It's it's another almost completely homegrown catalogue. All the scholarship in it. It's not just uh, the three, the curators who worked on the show, but there there are a lot of other contributing authors to 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 the to the catalogue. It's really more a book than a catalogue in reality. It is a book of the history of Baroque art in 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 a nutshell, with uh, with the themes that we've got represented in the show. But it's 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 really big. It's a huge catalogue. Uh, I don't think any regional galleries produced anything like it ever. I mean, it, it is a really handsome catalogue too. It's a it's a beautiful thing to pick up and, and flick through. The illustrations are spectacular, uh, but the scholarship again, it's all ex- with one exception. We we got the world's leading authority on um, Lavinia Fontana to write for the catalogue, uh, Maria Teresa Cantara, who lives in Rome. But apart from that, uh, every all the scholarship is Australian or Australian scholars. Uh, and then I get this. There is this real interest in Baroque art in Australia. It has been for 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 many decades. Uh, and so there's yeah, we were able to draw upon a really strong group of writers and scholars with different voices. We have a con- conservators writing in the catalogue. Uh, but yeah, it's one of the you know it's almost a, a moment of great pride that that we can produce this quality of scholarship. Uh, and it's a it's a terrific read. Um, yeah, we, we, we produce that here and, and Hamilton got to really tip your hat to them for investing in, uh, in in such a book. There are, of course, a lot of individuals involved in this and organisations, but four curators, I think I counted, right? Yeah. How do you manage the dynamics of the nuts and bolts and the responsibilities? Well, we're all we're all we're all mates. Um, I, I've known David Marshall and Lisa Bevan, the co-curators. I've known them for you know thirty years, um, and I, you know, and David is in particular is one of the you know the, the most world recognised Baroque scholars in the world. I mean, he's now retired. He's a pro, uh, associate professor at Melbourne Uni, but. Uh, you know, he is one of the great respected scholars, and Lisa is also in that in that realm as well. She she's, you know, they're, they're both. You know, Lisa had to stop stop work on our show because she had to uh, work on another Baroque show that was happening in Italy. So you know, she had to, so uh, it, it, there is there is a, a level of trust, and I you know, obviously know David and Lisa for many for many long years. So there is a, a level of trust. And Ian at the gallery, uh, I've known Ian for, for many years too, and I know uh, the, his input on the show of the layout and the design and the, and the wall colours and things like that and just the logistics and placement of things. I, again, I have great trust in, in the whole Hamilton team. I mean, I've known the gallery for, for a long, long time. So we being the NGV, not just me, we have a lot of trust in, in the Hamilton gallery that they're going to look after our, um, our, some of our, our best paintings and sculptures. How long were you all working together? I'd say about eight, 18 months, mm. pretty solidly. 18 months, maybe two years. Yeah, these things don't happen overnight, of course. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of to and froing, a lot of negotiating, and then a lot of nutting out. There is a bit of a diplomatic art, if I can say, when it comes to curation, particularly when it comes to borrowing pieces from private collectors. Was that a skill you needed to particularly flex in this instance? I think I think it's it's not so much a it's not so much a level of skill, but again, it's just a level of trust. Uh, like um, I'm I'm not can't give away names, but I've known that I've known the, the some of these um, lenders I've known for you know, again for 20 years. There's a there's a degree of trust between us and them, uh, and and they're not going to lend. No one's going to lend. And it doesn't matter how nice your approach is. They're not going. No one's going to lend these things unless there's 
uh, you know, trust has been built up over over many years, uh, and and trust. Uh, you know, the the lender knows the Hamilton Art Gallery. They know they're not going to. You know, again, that it's it's a it's a safe environment for their mm. works. Uh, but mm. it's also a really good environment where where it, it will get you know recognition and acknowledgement. And you know, th these lenders are extremely generous. They they're sharing their treasures with us. I mean, that's how we always look at it. It, it they're, they're sharing. They're sharing things. They don't have to. You know, there's no gun held to any collector's head. There's nothing in it for them except their own generosity, satisfaction of their own generosity to lend. And that's as I said, that's just built up over years of, of trust. Yeah, the longevity and reputation certainly counts in spades. Yeah, and then you know, and, our, and the NGV's reputation's on the on the line as well. I mean, if we'd have lent, if we if we'd have lent a show and it wasn't and it wasn't any good, and it, well, we we were partnering in a show and it was a dud we would be we would you know hey we wouldn't let that happen <laughs> but um uh you know we we yeah we're, it, we're our reputations on the line uh, or every every single time we we um partner with someone so you know we we do our absolute best uh particularly in this instance i think we've really uh you know I, I, it's an astonishing show because every single work in the show uh has come from australia from australian collections from canberra from the Bailey Library in, in Melbourne, the NGV, Hamilton itself, and the private collectors. You know, it, it's it's all Australian. It's Australian scholarship. It's an Australian idea for the show. It's Australian scholarship. It's all Australian-owned works in the exhibition. Uh, and it's, you know, there's nothing packaged up from overseas with this show. It's all homegrown. Mm. You indicated that you spent a lot of time watching people in galleries. This show has been open since early December. Yeah, it's been received well. Uh, the opening function sold out. We had a symposium. We probably could have it, it sold out very quickly. We probably could have doubled the numbers of people. Uh, I know this sound this this was really I guess, surprising to me. But the, all the kids programs sold out. They have a lot. They have kids baroque programs. They all sold out. Uh, and if in terms of criticism and publicity is is a gauge, uh, then it's it's an enormous success because the, every critic who's written on the show has just been bowled over by it. The publicity is not you know not just generated by the Hamilton Gallery. It's it's writers and and, and bloggers and podcasters coming to the gallery and say we want to get we want to know we want to get on board with this one because it's exciting and it is. Uh, so if that's your criteria, then the show's a massive hit. I don't know the numbers because I'm not I'm not at Hamilton and I, I'm uh, I'm not I'm probably going to go there in a couple of weeks time and I'll ask the director how it's going. Uh, I don't know, but I'm but you know if, if you judge it by goodwill. The, the response from the Hamilton locals, all the programs selling out, then the show just ticked every box. It's it's um, but it is you know it's a really it it is a very handsome show. Ian really in particular has done a wonderful job staging the show, and and Josh White, the director at Hamilton, again his team has done an extraordinary job. It's only a small team, but you know just interacting them early on in the development stage, you know you could tell they knew what they were doing. We put absolute trust and faith in them. And the thing, of course, that we learn through this podcast is that it's more than just hanging pictures on a wall to make the show. To me, that's what's exciting because we, we're doing things. We, we, when we hang our Baroque paintings or Baroque works at the NGV, just because of the physical nature of the building and it's a big art gallery telling a massive story, the history of art, we can't tease out all the stories that we've teased out in Hamilton. Uh, and that's to me is what's really exciting about a show like this as 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 we explore seven themes. Well, I actually can't do that at the NGV. I I can't tease out these 
these critical moments or these critical thoughts and ideas in Baroque art just because the physical layout of the building, you know, we've only got two rooms or maybe three rooms with Baroque art in it. So it's not as um, simple as to do that at, at the NGV. So it's great to be able to do that in a smaller gallery context in a, in a show with, with 70 works in it. Baroque is a lovely period, as we've discussed, and so well presented at Hamilton. Before we wrap up, though, Laurie, what's keeping you busy right now? Well, what's what's got me going at the moment, and this is actually got a little bit of a Hamilton influence, we are, because Triennial is, is concluding in April, and it's pretty much taken over every space in the NGV, we now have to pretty much rehang the entire collection. At NGV International, we've pretty much got to rehang the whole thing. So I'm actually trying to we're trying to tease out some of the ideas that we have in Hamilton. I'm actually trying to tease those out on our walls at uh, for the rehang. And so, yeah, there's two or three ideas that I'm trying to, without ramming it down people's throats, just trying to tease them out on our walls. Uh, and so that's yeah, so, so that's going to be you know we're we're flat out doing that. It's quite a big job to rehang the whole building. <laughs> and getting the things that you want done, Laurie, that's going to take that curatorial diplomacy again. Oh. We're a big look. We're a pretty. We're a, even though we're a big, a big organisation. We're a pretty. We're we're all on the same page at, at our work. You know, it, it it sounds really simple. You just hang a picture on the wall, but that that involves four or five different departments. And we, you know, but we're we we get on really well. We 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 function really well with across all areas, and we're all mates. And we, you know, uh, there's no real dramas doing it. We're all pushing to all in the one direction. So we will we'll we'll get there. But it is a lot of work. It is. Uh, so just hanging one picture on a wall involves about yeah, at least four or five different departments in the building. So it's always yeah, it's always challenging, but we 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 we, we hope we'll get there. Yeah, plenty of exciting stuff coming up at the NGV, of course, as is always the case. But look, congratulations on pulling the uh, the Hamilton exhibition together. Oh, thanks. I think I can only just imagine what it's like, as you say, working with the four curators. You all know each other very well and have respect for each other's reputation and your great mates too. But I think in terms of the delightful work that is hanging on the wall there, as I said earlier, it's a stunning representation and a great look back it's not just art history. I mean, art reflects history as well. And I think that's great messages that come across too. And Laurie, I thank you so much for your time on the podcast today. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Uh, it's great. been great fun. Thanks, mate. That's Laurie Benson there, part of the curatorial team who have put together the extraordinary exhibition of Baroque works here in Australia. And if you want to learn more, visit www.hamiltongallery.org, okay, hamiltongallery.org. That is the only place you'll see the exhibition emerging from darkness, and of course it's a good reason to visit the Southern Grampians of Victoria as well. That is the podcast for now. Don't forget the transcript of this episode available at our website, www.insidethegallery.com.au. There you'll also find the episodes from the past six years of our podcast, you can also connect with our Facebook and Instagram accounts via that site. So keep up to date. And until the next edition, I'm Tim Stackpool. Bye-bye for now. Bye.